Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Like the scene where she comes down in her dress and they're like, and kiss me. I'm like, oh my God. This is the most beautiful moment ever. Hello and welcome to Crush the Podcast. I'm Kirsten Lyons and I'm joined by my cousin and co host, Aaron Raider Storff. That's you. All right. So today it's a little bit different. Today is a little bit of a different episode. Today we're going to talk about a thing called the romantic comedy. Why are you looking at me like that? Why are you talking like that? I don't know. You do it then. It's your idea. Um, okay. Today okay. I bullied Kirsten into doing a whole episode about my niche interest. The plight of the rom-com. Okay, but first of all, I it's not a neat, I love, I love rom-coms. I know. When they're done well, I love them. When they're done terribly, I I also still <laughs> enjoy them. <laughs> the last probably nights, a little more. The last two nights I was watching He's All That on Netflix. Okay. Which is She's All That, but 20 years later. Yeah. People really loved She's All That. I did not know that because I kind of hated it as a kid well I was like the target age like everybody was like I think Rachel Lee Cook and Freddie Prince Jr. are like two years older than me so I was like the target age for Mm. she's all that I didn't see it in movie theaters I don't remember why but I do remember seeing it with a bunch of swim team like coaches we were all it was must have been my junior or senior year no it would have been 99 it would have been my senior and I remember all watching it and I was like trying so hard to be cool but I was like Oh my gosh. Like the scene where she comes down in her dress and they're like, and kiss me. I'm like, oh my gosh. This is the most beautiful moment ever. Um, Here's the thing about he's all that on Netflix. First of all, I don't know who that girl is. (laughs) Do you not like genuinely you don't know? No, you've shared. I've asked. I literally asked you at one point. I was like, who? And you explained to me. I told you that her Tesla pulled up at Saddle Ranch, but then she. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. That's how I know. That's how I'd heard her name. I but like also, genuinely like her very much as a person. Okay. So she's, she's a TikTok star. She's the third biggest TikTok star. That's what my Google, my Google who's, told me. Who's the second? Oh, maybe Dixie. So probably goes Charlie Dixie Addison. Yeah. One of your girls that you like. And then somebody okay. else. I don't know. Some guy, I think. I, I have no idea. I'm not on guy. TikTok. Maybe it's a girl. I'm not. See, here I go. I'm burping. I'm not on I'm TikTok because I literally cannot, I could, I don't, I don't have the, like, I, I'm not a healthy enough human being to be on TikTok. I would be on it all the time. That's interesting. Hold on. Sorry. I'm looking up. She's not terrible. She's not an actress. I would say the movie is not bad. Did you see it? But it's not good. Yeah. I did not know that. Yes. All right. So I, I have a problem with the movie. It is such a big problem that I viscerally got angry. I I was like so angry last night and Bradley got home. He had taken a red eye very sweetly because a lot of things happened and he came home early. And you kept him up talking about he's all about. No, he was asleep. I couldn't talk to him and I was so angry and I didn't know you had seen it and you were having your Luke's dark day. And so I couldn't text you. You were fishing with your backwards hat and I couldn't. (laughs) contact you. I literally the whole day was like, don't contact Aaron. She's having Luke Stark day. Is that Here's his last thing. name? That's not his last name. No, Luke. Wait, Luke from Gilmore Girls. That is not his last name. Stark. No, 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 Luke's 
dark day. I think that's what it's I was called. hearing Luke Stark. Luke's oh, dark day. Ah, oh, but Luke's yes, I was. Okay. I was having a, a, yeah. an isolation. And day. I wanted anyway. to let you have, I knew it was Thank coming. You. I wanted to let you have it. It was, it was a big deal. Really was. Anyway, but that's not the point. And we're not going to tell you what it is. So stop asking us. Okay, people. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a paywall. with <laughs> Paywall. Find out why Aaron had a dark day. <laughs> Why two weeks ago, I cares it was crying. Actually, your dark day has to do with why you were crying on the plane. Anyway, that's not the point, Erin. The point is, is that yeah, she- Yeah, throw your problems at me. She is, you. okay, she is lying about being rich. Mm-hmm. Great. Her mom's working so hard so she can be in this great school system. Fantastic. Uh, all that makes sense. She gets in her friend's you know, car, whatever. Her friend has known for a year. Her friend's a bia bia. All that makes sense. They're wealthy. In California, basically, you have basically you have to be wealthy right now. Okay, go on, go on. I'm setting the stage, Aaron. <laughs> I'm just There's a great curious. Gatsby party at like a mansion with columns. It's a huge home. These children have a lot of money. Their families have a lot of money. Their freaking prom was in an elementary school multi-purpose room cafeteria with the stage and terrible terrible like tile floor it was like the size of my apartment and the whole time I was like what my prom looked nicer okay the she she saw that prom was like in the most gorgeous like I don't know Lincoln Center or something what the heck it's not that they didn't have a good budget because Pepsi and or Pizza Hut and KFC and Garnier taking off your makeup. But I mean, the amount of product placement in this, they got some serious cash for this movie. But also they were like, they had a scene where there was karaoke on like a roof. I mean, there was so much money. Who? I am so Gave up on prom. I I literally was like, the amount of energy that this entire movie is going around this prom. And by the way, please reach out if you're prom king or queen, you like did it like president. I've no, met, I don't like, think any school. I think that's just a mo- movie trope. I don't know anybody who actually runs for prom king or queen. I just, okay, okay. But still, there's promposals. There's all these things. They're raising money. They're having like, you know, booty short, bikini car washes to raise money for prom. There's a lot of things. And apparently all they raised was $499 for some balloons and some punch. Because I'm, st- I'm so, I literally was like, what? I- do you want to know my favorite part of that movie was what? when they're at that karaoke party and it's just catered by KFC and Pizza Hut. But the best part was they just have full buckets of chicken lying around. Oh, the girl I was like, okay, I'm going to take, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take KFC. this bucket of chicken. I also was like, I have not had KFC in a very long time. I get KFC pretty regularly. I will say also the guy who I've only watched season one and a half of Cobra Kai. He's delightful. And I'm like, um, who does okay, he so look he- like? I'm like, who does he look like? He looks like Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Corey's best friend from Boy Meets World put together. No, he, okay. Anyway, I'm going to leave that. No, you can fight me. Fight me. Boy Meets World out of this. Okay. Fight me. I'm fine. Here was my biggest issue with the movie. Please. Besides it just having some generally cringy moments because that's the thing I actually don't think her acting was that bad if no, you didn't I don't think know it was that, that she was a TikTok star and didn't know that this is out of her element you wouldn't have even noticed because it's just bad writing like it's just a cringy movie the thing that gets me tell me and and perhaps I'm a little bit biased for this premise to work 
I just feel like even after the makeover, the new guy has to be hotter than the old guy. And I don't think that was the case, particularly because I have always had a huge crush on the actor that plays the first guy, the Jordan Van Dronen, whatever his name is. I don't, I don't he was on know Girl Meets World. I don't know how we're related. Do you, you remember think the him? First, no, because I didn't watch Gore Meets World. First of all, I did. You asked me to watch years ago. You asked me to watch an episode. And I feel like I did watch an episode. And I love did. you. And I'm sure I'll watch it with Ellis when she gets to that age. And I know you. we talked about the forgiveness episode. And I will watch it. Okay. Here's the, I just, I, uh, you think the original guy is more attractive than the, first of all, we're talking about like 12 year olds, but you think the original guy is 20s, more, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're like your age. You think the original guy is more attractive than the, the karate guy? I wish you could have guys have seen my hands. I did some sweet moves. Yes, I do. I really do. I don't even know. Like, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm angry again. I'm back to being angry and I don't know how to deal with this anger, except to say, so let's sorry. move on to okay. your thesis. To my thesis. Statement. My thesis. Okay. Oh, one moment. I'm pulling out my notes. Um, yes, we have notes for this. That's how rom-coms are to us. When I pitched this idea to Kirsten, it was on the, the heels at our weekly pitch I just, meetings. I just see you like nervous standing in front of me with like PowerPoint presentation, like, like no cards. Okay. So, <laughs> right, so um, if you are watching this season of Ted Lasso, you'll remember there was an episode called Rom Communism, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ted's idea is basically like believing in the principle of rom-coms, believing in what he calls rom-communism is all about believing that everything's going to work out in the end. Now, Mm. our podcast is the antithesis of that idea. But then he also says- Wait, 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 wait. I don't know if it's the antithesis of that idea. I think it's that it's not going to work out the way that you want it to work out. Yes. Yes. And and that's the point that he kind of gets to later in the episode. But when I first heard that, I was like, hmm- but we're on a journey with Ted this season. So I never really, we quite are on a journey. Going. And do you know, I heard somebody say the first season was all about conflict, like outside the club. Mm-hmm. And the second season is all about conflict within the club. And I was like, Ooh, um, we're not going to do any spoiler alerts. Are we, no, like, no, we no. don't need to. No. Okay. So don't worry if you haven't seen this episode, I'm just bringing, I'm just including the two, like, these are all things that you could find. Out you can, I just want to give people no, a heads I up. Um, I'm going to burp again. Okay. He's so also, sorry. <laughs> He's interchanging the idea of fairy tales and rom-coms, but he says, fairy tales do not start, nor do they end in the dark forest. That son of a gun always shows up smack dab in the middle of the story. And I like that because I have also kind of, I think everyone can identify a time when everything starts going right. And then right in the middle of when things should be going right is when it gets really tough. You know, Mm. I like that. I mean, that's crashed, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is from an article um, from 2020 by Mike Jones for Screen Rant. 2020, um, that was a fun year. Yeah, it was. Do you remember? <laughs> Good times. <laughs> and uh, it was why rom-coms died in the 2000s. Mm. Uh, so as most of you guys know, like the idea of a romantic comedy isn't new, but it really took off with When Harry Met Sally, Meg Ryan. And that should have mm. been 89, I believe. I, yes. I would say it really took off in the next wave because you had all these like Rosalind Russell movies like in the 40s and then you had right. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it start, well, they, they, they look at when Harry met Sally as like the, the first 
I don't know what you call it, like the smoking gun that like led to everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like the new generation of them. Yeah. Yes. Um, and in 98 and 1999, three of the top 20 highest grossing films were rom-coms. And then that was sort That's of the crazy. Peak, and it started going down from there in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people attribute that to stuff like Avatar. It was like people were tired of the same formulaic thing. And then all of this new innovation with IMAX and CGI mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 3D movies, it mm-hmm. just kind of pushed everything out. On top Mm -hmm. of that, there wasn't a lot of diversity in rom-coms then. And so the audience for them just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm. Um, But there is an article by Wesley Morris from New York Times Magazine that I love. I read it all the time. It's called, (laughs) I do, I think it's so hopeful. It's rom-coms were corny and retrograde. Why do I miss them so much? Mm. And he goes on to sort of explain Anytime, at least nowadays, anything that's labeled a romantic comedy is just generally about women, even if it's not a romantic comedy. Mm. Um, And so, oh, this is a great line. He says, you could easily see the genre's demise as a form of justice. Don't women in movies have better things to do than wonder if they're going to meet some guy? Shouldn't they be running countries, curing diseases, shooting lasers out of their gloves and spin kicking anonymous (laughs) goons over casino balconies? But then it says the romantic comedy is the only genre committed to letting relatively ordinary people, no capes, no spaceships, no infinite sequels, figure out how to deal meaningfully with another human being. They are the lowest stakes movies that that are also about our highest standards for ourselves. Mm. Movies predicated on the improvement of communication, the deciphering of strangers and the performance of more degrees of honesty than I ever knew existed. I Mm. love that. They take our primal hunger, sorry. They take our primal hunger to connect with one another and give it a story. At their best, they do much more. They make you believe in the power of communion. This was work determined across the whole history of cinema to find something funny about loneliness, curiosity, attraction, intimacy, conflict, and reproachment. Mm. This is movie making that explores a basic human wonder about how to connect with a person who is not you. And I love that. And I think that's something that like, not that I miss because I think they're, beautiful movies that are coming out right now about connection, but I, I do, I miss the lightheartedness of it. You know, I miss the, the Bridget Jones of it all. I think that I can look back on my life and see how I legitimately look ultimately like a character has to go somewhere. Right. Yeah. So if the girl is the lead and she kind of hates this guy, I mean, you know, and they're growing or whatever. If you look at pride and prejudice, do you, have you, do you know, pride and prejudice? I've heard of it once or twice. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I feel bad because I have a ton of friends and a sister who is super into um, Jane Austen. I feel like I'm going to butcher everything, but just go with me. Lizzie and Mr. Darcy both grew. So there was misconceptions. There was misinformation and they both grew. I think a lot of times what happens in romantic comedies is the guy is a jackass. The girl is lovely. Mm -hmm. And the guy changes for the girl. Yeah. Because somebody has to have somewhere to go. Right. The girl loosens up, isn't so tight or whatever, but like I, unfortunately due to who was in my life growing up, boys that I liked and all that. We kind of talked about this in the last episode. Like I liked guys who could banter the problem with most of the time. They were bantering at your expense. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And hashtag therapy. And so a lot of those movies or, or like just the idea of like, 
real love is when a guy changes for you. And if, a, and I literally, Bradley was too nice. Mm-hmm. You're like, he, like, he has nowhere to go. He has nowhere to go. He how has will nowhere I know to go with this story. <laughs> how will I, how will I know he loves me if he doesn't stop being a player and realize that he loves me? Cause I'm amazing and I'm worth it. Mm-hmm. Let's unpack that shit. What movie sort of embodied that for you? I, you know, it's funny. I was trying to think about this. I think it's so, it's like not, I it's mean, not just Gre- one movie. No, I mean, Grease was yeah. huge. I watched Grease so much. And she was the nice prude girl. So mm-hmm. you probably identified with her. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Well, I came out a lot meaner than. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I was telling everybody about my purity ring. Hello. I don't know if I ever told you this. Did I tell you that? Did I tell you what time my purity ring got stuck on a door frame and broke? Well, and I was like, that's poetic. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I think Greece, I mean, there was other things like Greece, but I think Greece was like a big deal. I, w- I walk to remember that was even when I was like 20 when I read that book. Cause here she is again, religious Christian, like sweet girl. Here comes this guy. You know what? She also, she had that moment that you wanted where everyone looks at her differently. Oh my gosh. Yes. So did, um, and so did the Sandy. Theater. Yeah. And yeah, she was on stage, but so did Sandy and Sandy yeah. got a little, got a little, uh, risque. Ooh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she had the moment where, you know, Oh wow. Uh, Miss Congeniality. Oh wow. Like. Miss Conge- Would you consider and- Miss Congeniality a rom-com? Oh, totally. It's like quintessentially a rom-com. But then you also have, which I didn't see this, and I know you're going to know this movie. And like, I didn't see this movie until years later. So I don't ever think I saw this when it came out. Um, but While You Were Sleeping is probably one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's definitely. And what's so great about three. it, and that While You're Sleeping is my life in the sense that I wanted, I mean, she didn't know the guy was a jerk, but she was elaborate. She kept, kept drinking. <laughs> I saved someone. On the Chicago L. Guys, I saved someone as a stranger. You felt you married someone who was in a coma. There were a lot of consent issues in that movie. Testicle from a basketball accident with a pencil. I love that part when she goes, she like takes a deep breath and she goes, accident. And he goes, did he, did he not say it was an accident? We're playing basketball. I'm a lawyer. I carry a pencil. It's what I do. And then that that movie, I just love that movie so much. But too. For so many reasons. I mean, it's such a sweet and hilarious and funny and just wonderful. It's just, a I got movie. ice capades. I'm pretty sure the people who wrote that movie were like, we're out of Hollywood. This place is not for us. Um, they made one incredible hit yeah, that changed my life forever. Yes. That's all they needed to do. But in that way, he was like softening to her, but he was a good man the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yes, they grew. Yes, they like. And I think that there, to me, there wasn't, enough of that and it wasn't like she was like some player over here they just had it it in a lot of ways it reminded me of pride and prejudice they had places to go internally but it wasn't that they were sleeping around with a bunch of people and i needed to convince the guy that i was worth stopping sleeping around with a bunch of people which i tried to do over and over and over (laughs) my purity rainbow it's fine i think the one when I was younger, was always What a Girl Wants, the Amanda Bynes one. Is What a Girl Wants where her dad is like a British- Prime minister. Oh, he, 
He's prime minister. Well, he's running. He's running for prime minister. Oh, 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 oh. That's yeah, the whole yeah. thing. I think it was just I loved. Well, one my my whole thing growing up was I was going to get out of Virginia. God, yeah. kill me. <laughs> I just wanted to get out of Virginia, and the idea of this girl being eighteen and going to England and the the whole idea of her like I don't need to try to fit in. And then the guy liked her for who she was. And then she started fitting in and she wasn't herself anymore. I just loved that. Mm. And then I loved that line that he said, he says, um, you're trying so hard to fit in when you were born to stand out. And I was like, oh, that's not real. I want that. (laughs) I just loved it. I thought it was so beautiful. And then as I got older, anything with Hugh Grant in it at all, but specifically Notting Hill, Notting Hill was my life everything i love when but, you cheated on elizabeth harley with anyway my <laughs> the thing about notting hill which is the love trope the the trope that i love more than anything is one person whether it's the guy or the girl could have anyone and they want you it's and that your was gut. you're chosen yeah and that was you know julie roberts could have anyone and she wanted him this mm. small travel bookstore owner who wore glasses which I love that that was his big, like, flaw. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. And then. um, Not with glasses. What was the other one? Oh, I was just Julie Roberts. Oh, um, Pretty Woman. Same thing. I loved Pretty Woman. He could have anyone and he wanted her. So here's my question. What I like about what he's saying is, like, they're dealing with communication. They're dealing with intimacy. They're dealing with, like, being honest, you know? Golly, it's scary to be honest. Oh, I am not, and I think the other thing is I have been so conditioned by these movies and TV shows too. I love a grand romantic gesture that I sometimes fail to notice small romantic gestures. It's so interesting that you bring that up because their thing, like Bradley is amazing for so many reasons. I find the grandest romantic gesture is thinking three steps ahead and I woke up the morning that, so Bradley like peeled out really early. So the kids didn't see him and um, they woke up. We're getting, and Ellis actually didn't have school that day. It was uh, for the holiday. I woke up and Loke wanted a waffle and I was like kind of bleary eyed and I make, and I go and the peanut butter looked, we had a fresh jar of peanut butter, but I was like, that's weird. I don't remember stirring it. And I texted him and I was like, did you stir the peanut butter? He goes, yeah, I thought I saw it. I knew that we were almost done. And so I, I didn't want you to have to do that. So I opened it up and stirred it before I left. And I literally was like, I have a guy that saw that and stirred the peanut butter. I hate this you. Is, <laughs> this is sweet. Oh. And I was like, you know what? Or that's the goodness that I was missing out on because I was so. Because you wanted all- Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Well, <laughs> still, but no, like I was so all consumed with this idea that real love was when a guy changed for you. And so I, I ghosted Bradley because I was like, no, he's too nice. Mm-hmm. And he's so nice that he stirred the peanut. Like, and it's also like, when I think of great rom-coms, like you wait for that big moment and it's beautiful. And then like the, the curtain closes and it's like, those are the moments that make love work and not just a story, you Mm -hmm. know? 
I really want to write. I just, I'm, I'm rewriting or I'm editing my Christmas script because it looks like someone wants to read it, but I'm not sure. And, but I really want to write the, the kisses. The first kiss has just happened. Then what? It's almost like in the bachelor when they propose, I'm much more interested in the three months where nobody knows that you guys are together and you're trying to sneak away and you're trying to have conversations and you're trying to get to know each other. That to me is way more interesting than, you know, a pretty. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be really tough. And, and I know it's fun to joke about, but like it would be so tough to fall in love with somebody on hot air balloon dates to have to go to like, you know. Normal everyday like picnic in the park dates. Or just like grabbing fast food and going grocery know. shopping together. Yeah, yeah, totally. I remember I was dating somebody and I remember we were both really nervous to go grocery shopping together. And I don't know why, but I think it just felt like the most mundane thing. And it was like, are we still going to have fun in this setting? And mm. we did. We had a great time. It was, I, it was really fun, but all that to say. I think it's also really important to do the mundanes and to put also be in high pressure situations with people. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, so tell me if I have, but I went out with a guy and he did not get his way in a situation. Did I already tell you this story? No, but I have been the perpetrator of continue and then I'll tell my story. He did not get his way in a situation and he spoke to the people. We were going to a baseball game It was his favorite team, Yankees and Angels, and Yankees were his favorite team. And so I got there late. I didn't realize it was the Angels game. I thought he didn't, like, he didn't tell me. I thought it was the Dodgers, and then he got really mad at me that I wouldn't know. I don't really know. And so then, because maybe Dodgers is Nationals and Angels are, because Yankees are American League. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is we get there. We got there late because I didn't realize we were driving all the way down to Anaheim. And, um, And I drove. Cause I had like, I guess a nicer car and which I don't really know how, cause he came from money and he <laughs> bought these really expensive tickets. Anyway, all that to say we get there. They're like, Oh, you can't park in this preferred parking because you're past the time. And now this is going Greece. Ironically was like the national tour of Greece was coming to this orange County performing arts center. So now this parking is now for them. And he got so mad and started screaming over me at this person so angry. And I was just like, uh, um, okay. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry. And he was like, don't apologize for me. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then we like looped around because I was like, well, well, where can we park it? So we looped around and he literally got out of my passenger window and just like looked at them with his hands up, not making, not like flipping them off or anything, but just like, why would you do this to me? Kind of a thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, come to find out he spent a ton of money on those tickets. But still, it was just like one of those moments where I was like, he had been such a, and he actually, I think he was a good guy and he just had a not great moment. He was also younger. He was, he was still like in UCLA. He's, he's a model. He's an Abercrombie model. There's a lot. I I mean, there's a lot to a lot of details. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, Anyway. So I just remember that whole game. I was so uncomfortable and I think it's so important to when you're dating someone to see them in high pressure situations and mundane situations and all of those things. Go on road trips, see families, all that. Sorry, go ahead. There was oh, there. I still like this situation still makes me cringe. There was a situation in which something was not working out the way that I had meticulously planned it to work out. Mm. More or less, we had to be at a place at a certain time. Mm. We were already running a little late and we couldn't find the 
the the spot where we were supposed to be at. Something was wrong with the address or it's just kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. And I, we were in Australia and I couldn't get in touch with anybody. I couldn't go on my phone to look it up. And I just snapped and I had like a full on like Aaron frustrated meltdown. Mm. And I watched, <laughs> I remember watching him react to this because he had never seen that side of me before. And then I like snapped and then like almost like five minutes later, everything was okay. We figured it out. And I was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> you know, it's, but I mean, it still makes me cringe only because I had that felt like it felt like I had a little kid tantrum in that moment. And I was so frustrated and angry. And I felt a little bit like, I think that was the other thing was I felt really vulnerable. And even though I had been with this person for a while, I was like, that's still a pretty deep side of me that I don't want anyone to see. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I Bradley and I had been married for like four years and Ellis was almost two, I think. And I had a freak out over trying to book Airbnb and the website wouldn't work. And I just remember it was when we were living apart. I mean, there was so much, I'm sure like yeah. your situation, oh. I'm sure with this guy's situation, there was so much else that was building up. I was solo parenting. Bradley lived in Arizona while I lived in California. We were in Arizona in the apartment he was living in. And I could not get this. I just wanted to go on this trip and I couldn't get this Airbnb thing to work. And I was so angry. And Bradley was just like, hey, babe. Hey, hi. So maybe we just walk away. And that's something like we really try to work with each other. Like, hey, let's just walk away. But oh my gosh, I've been there. I was so angry. I was so, websites, technology in general makes me so mad because I just feel stupid. Yeah, I I get that. I think this is going to be a longer conversation. I have a pimple. And it hurts and it just came out of nowhere. How? Sorry, go ahead. Anyway, based yeah. on the pimple based on burping, the, I'm a catch. Speaking of well, I was gonna comedies. say, based on the 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 two stories that you just shared, <laughs> uh, I think you've kind of won the lottery in that department. So you talk about my sad, lonely life. Whatever, um, you don't even want to date. Excuse me. I don't. Okay. <laughs> Don't excuse me. Anytime we bring it up, you're like, well, I'm not looking to date. And I'm like, that's fine. But don't don't call yourself sad and lonely if you're not. No, the other day at a bar, I watched somebody like kind of see me and start to walk towards me. And I just immediately stood completely still and didn't make like would not leave eye contact with him just so that he would be like, yeah, actually, never mind. And it worked. I will say, though, if I'm ever out dancing and I can tell somebody's going to start like dancing on me, I just stand completely still. (laughs) But I, something that I think is interesting is as we're talking about like sort of the vulnerability and human connection, mm. it's, it's interesting as somebody who could potentially be in a place of dating if that was something I wanted to, mm-hmm. how Me scary- too, Jonathan Taylor talk. <laughs> <laughs> how scary that is, especially, especially coming from like a pandemic mindset where mm. nobody has any kind of community. And then you go from like, being expected to just kind of build community out of nowhere with another person. I think that's something that I'm still trying to figure out is like, because I think first dates are relatively surface level, you know, you're kind of getting the stats of the other person. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do that. I feel like I know how to go all in or not at all. And that's something because that's, you know, kind of what you see on rom-coms. They're either fully putting the wall up Mm-hmm. Or their wall down, here's everything on the table, take it or leave it. It's that whole drawbridge theory. It's who lowers the bridge first. And it's mm. never like both people slowly lowering the bridge to meet each other in the middle because that's kind of real life. 
Well, so you I have think- to make eggs in the middle of the night or bake croque monsieurs in the middle of the night. It's a and lot think- of- And talk about our feelings, you know? Yeah. Do you hear that? Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. And then I'm going to hand it to Dada because I don't That's want you- What's it like to have someone obsessed with you? I wouldn't know. Um. Uh, well, what's funny, he, you know, he's obsessed with this, your mom. But you know, no. what's funny is that he- Go get, go get more bubbles. <gasps> it's only recently that he loves me. You going to go get more bubbles? You say, hi, Aaron. Bubbles. bubbles go get more bubbles he looks at me like he should know me but he doesn't he looks like <laughs> like we're at an office function he's like oh trying to figure out if he should know me or not <laughs> i love you and i cannot wait to see who you end up with uh it's probably gonna be myself <laughs> i don't know jonathan taylor jamas is still single you know what is ellis still you. in the room is ellis still in the room ellis is right here She's i want to know her me. favorite rom-com um, I think it's probably Team Beach Movie. Oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you, I learned the dance for Cruising for a Bruising. I know the whole dance. Did you know that? Yeah, that's cool. Okay, Cinderella soundtrack all night. Oh yeah, she's Bella. upset. I think hers is Cinderella. Bella. The new Cinderella. Bella. What? <laughs> this has become a hot mess of a show. Bella. I love it. <laughs> Do you want well, to- you and your super happy family, <laughs> your lovely husband can have a great night. <laughs> And enjoy your stirred Aaron, peanut butter. You know, let's just talk about real quick where you're going next week. I'm going to Disney World with my mom, and there's going to be food and wine, and we're going to get to see a preview of the new Ratatouille ride. And I love Ratatouille. I'm so jealous. You have, like, I've literally been like, how awkward would it be if I drive up? Don't tell either of them. Stay it would be very awkward. Like, Don't do they it. They were like, why are you here? And I'm like, guys, <laughs> hi. <laughs> No, she and I need some she and I time. I'm totally joking. I'm not coming, but um, thanks for putting me in my place. (laughs) Okay, bye. Love you, bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.